0: This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time from RelicRadio.com. This is the Relic Radio Show, 60 minutes of radio drama, which you can find every Tuesday at RelicRadio.com. Our first story this week comes from High Adventure. We'll hear their story from December 4th, 1948, titled Flood Time, Ebb Time. After that, we'll hear from Theater 5 and their story, The Imposters." That one aired January 21st, 1965. And don't forget, if you'd like to help support Relic Radio while you're listening, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. Your support makes it all happen. And now, here's High Adventure. <laughs>
1: Take
2: one man with an irresistible need. Add a woman with an immovable heart. Offer him the solution to the problem at the price of oblivion. The total reads High Adventure. Meetings in order, friends and members. Welcome to the High Adventure Society. As we do each week at this time, we're gathered here to induct a new member. And all non-lovers of heart-stopping thrills and throat-clutching suspense had better withdraw. Because on the agenda is a subtly horrifying story called Flood Time, Ebb Time. Written by Hal Reed and directed by Robert Monroe. To tell it, Here's the man who lived through it, Nick Page. Nick? Go ahead and tell your story, Nick. We uh we, we thought we might have some difficulty, friends, so I'll just start the story for him. It really begins, I guess, at the end of last summer. Nick and his wife, Paula, had spent the summer at the beach, I remember. And this particular afternoon, Nick was on his way home to the cottage where they'd been living. Paula. Oh.
3: Hello, Nick.
2: Well, the birds are leaving. I just saw some mallards flying south.
3: Yes, now we'll really be alone.
2: be wonderful, won't it? Oh,
3: yes. Wonderful.
2: Remember our first summer out here? We felt so bad about the birds leaving, we'd have to go back to town. Oh. Who's that in the living room? Dad?
3: Yes. We brought that stuff from the apartment.
2: Well, aren't you... I've
3: got some things to unpack.
2: Well, uh, let's see now. Spools. One, two, three, four, five... Hello, Dad. Oh, hello, Nick. Oh, well, thanks for bringing the things over. That's all right. We'll need them this winter. Uh, I want to talk to you about that, Nick. I took Paula to Dr. Davis today. Is he the nearest doctor? Yeah. I thought you were so worried about her. In bad weather, you could never get a doctor. Well, if... it won't matter. Nick, this is no place to stay out of season. These cottages are none too strong, and the surf here can be very rough. You're right on the beach in a bad storm could wash his shack away before you know it. Be reasonable. Don't you understand what little time we have left I want us to spend together alone. Uh, look son. All right. But why pretend she's dying? Why pretend she isn't? There's only one thing wrong with that girl, she's unhappy. She's not. There's never been a harsh word between us. Maybe that's it. What? I don't know. Son, before you were married, you two were... She hasn't changed. That isn't what I meant. There's never been anyone but Paula. Yes, I know. You don't understand. Don't I? We're happy together. Are you? Perfectly happy. Just let me alone. All your life, and you still do it. Do what? Close your eyes to whatever you don't want to see. What do you mean?
3: Oh, forget it. Finished unpacking? No, I don't feel very well. Uh-huh.
2: What did the doctor say?
3: Finally got around asking me.
2: Well, I didn't know you'd gone. He doesn't
3: to. know what's wrong with me. Nobody does.
2: Didn't he prescribe anything? Rest.
3: That's all he knows. Maybe that'll help. Oh, I suppose so. Good. He'll be over again tomorrow. Oh? Well, oh, fine. Paula,
2: I would think again before I stayed it's here. It's too after... late
3: for that. Our apartment's gone.
2: I should be all right. Won't you, Paula? If anything happened to you, I. Yes, Nick.
3: Get some bedding out of the storeroom, will you?
2: Oh, no, of course not. I'll be right back. Well, your silver's unpacked. Want me to finish inside? Oh, would you, Father?
3: Surely. You have to leave right away. Oh, I'm afraid so.
2: Tell you what, I think. He's got murder on his mind. What'd you. Where's Dad?
3: In the bedroom. Alone? I
2: suppose so. Why? Well, he... Nothing. I'll get that Betty. Trying to kill her. That's what he's up to. He's trying to kill her. Oh,
3: can't you be
2: quiet, Nick? Oh, don't be frightened, darling. Uh, Dr. Morley! Oh, must be deaf. I'll be right back. Don't hurry. Dr. Morley. What's the matter? Where's Dr. Davis? Give him a chance, Mr. Page. This storm... Can't you do something? Well, I'm not familiar with your wife's case. All I know is that Dr. Davis asked me to meet him here for consultation. Well, why isn't he here? You can't blame Dr. Davis. Oh, what do you mean? living out here at the end of nowhere this time of year. December is no time. All right, all right. Keep watching for him. Again, what's for him? Talk to you too, murderer. That's a lie. What's that? I'm not a murderer. What? Who said you were? Do you think I couldn't hear you? Me? Nick. Is that? Uh, where are you? Oh, Dad. In here, Mr. Page. Uh, what's the story, Nick? Is she? What happened? Your uh, car stalled. The roads flooded. I. I had to wait. Flooded. He'll never get here now. Got to get out of here. But Paula can't go out in there. She'll that. have to. Are you crazy? You can't stay here. Doesn't matter now. The house is liable to wash away. Doesn't matter now. Snap out of it, Nick. She'll die anyway. She'll die anyway. All right, we'll wait a few minutes. Maybe Davis will get here yet. Are you sure Paula's up there? I'll go talk to her. Doctor. Yes? It's no use. He won't come now, not in time. How how much longer has she got? Now, Mr. Page... Don't... I know she's dying. Isn't she? Well, I'm not familiar with the case, but I certainly wouldn't say that she was dying. How much longer will she live? Can she last out the day? We can't wait any longer. The house will go any minute. But Paula, I... she's asleep. Asleep? You sure she? About time that you. That was the house next door. Nick, get Paula. I'll let her die in peace. Can't you, doctor? Can you wake her? I'll try. Mrs. Page. Oh, don't shout at her like wasted that. Wasted enough time. All right, all right. I'll wake her. Paula, wake up, darling. You can't wake her up like that. She's had a hide. Shut heart- up. Paula, let me kiss you awake. Here,
1: cold, dead. Ah!
2: As a doctor, I did it.
3: Nick, oh
4: Nick, don't turn around
3: and go away again. Don't go away again. Don't. Nick. Huh? Nick. Yeah. Have you seen what's going on outside? Oh, what do you mean? Come on, I'll show you. All right. See. See what? I don't... oh mallards. Oh, the birds are flying south. Yes, the summer's over. Oh, are you really as sad as all that? I... <laughs> no, not really. I'm sorry, that's all. Oh, about what? going back to the city. Oh. I wish we didn't have to. Yeah, I know. Nick, someday let's not go back. Well, I'll stay here all year round? Uh-huh. But well, these are only summer cottage days. Why do we care? Well, nobody stays here after September. See what I mean? Oh, Paula. You wouldn't be afraid. Of what? Being alone out here with me. uh uh-uh. No telling what I might do. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a wonderful summer, Nick. Just like we always said it'd be, remember? Nick. Yeah? Remember the first time we saw the cottage?
2: Oh, from the cliff? Mm Mm-hmm.
3: You chased me, and we both fell down, and that was when I saw the cottage. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy, kids. We were wonderful. We were going to be married that June and spend our first summer here, and there wasn't going to be a war, and the world was our oyster. Fine couple of prophets we were. Oh, Nick, we did have to wait so long for that first summer, didn't we? I should have married you that June, Edith. It it? doesn't matter now. No. Long as we've had our first summer, after all, it's gone so fast; it's over so soon. My favorite summer, nineteen forty-six. Memorizing dates again. Mm-hmm. I could press flowers instead. No,
2: thanks. That's that's even sillier.
3: Oh, you think I'm silly? Oh, you're not so bad. You're not so bad yourself. Thanks. Don't mention it. All right. You um don't mind being married to me? Oh, hardly at all. Thanks. Don't miss it. All right. And what are we talking about? <laughs> no, don't dear. <you? laughs> no. Nick. Huh? Do me a favor. What? Kiss me? Kiss me.
1: Call. Dad. Dad. No! <laughs>
2: Nick. I kissed him. And she. Was...
4: What? Nick, come back. All the way. But... It's warm and safe, and nothing can hurt you here.
1: Come on now. I... Yeah.
4: Good. I knew you'd want to come back. That's fine. Come on, Nick. Don't stop, Nick. Keep on coming back. Nick? Oh, no. Don't stop. Nick? Nick, why do you turn away like that? Don't go away again.
3: Nick? Nick? What? I thought you wanted to walk. Oh, all right. Nick? Uh Uh-huh? Where we live? Oh, I don't know, Paula. Well, it's important. Is it? (laughs) Not really. Hmm. You mm-hmm. like that song, huh? Mm-hmm. Rachel, right to the top of the cliff.
1: Come on, slowpoke.
3: Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey! Come here, you little devil. You. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> stop. stop. Oh, you stop. You make me fall. <laughs> <laughs> Nick. Oh, 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 no! Oh, look what you've done. Well, it's your own fault. You. Nick, oh, what's the matter? Look down there on the beach. Oh, the cottages. The white one with the red roof. Yeah, yeah. I've decided. What? That's where we're going to live. Hey, hey, take it easy. What do you mean? I don't even get my degree till June. Well? Well, suppose I can't get a job. You better. Besides, I'd marry you anyway. Oh, fine. And then what? And then we'll really be together. All the time. Oh, boy. And we'll live in that house down there. Can't. There's only a summer cottage. Well, then we'll spend our first summer there. Next summer? Mm Mm-hmm. Unless there's a war. Ah, there won't be any war. Uh Oh, Hmm? Just purring. Purring? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> it's been a good day, Nick. Seeing your house and everything. May 23rd, 1939. 1939. I'll show you how to make it a good year. Come here. Mm, lie still, Nick. You'll break the spell. Uh, what spell? Beast. For me? Yes, you. It's
2: so, the way you made me. What? Before I met you, I was... I was just a scared little rabbit. Ha! Huh. Well, didn't I used to sit outside your house when you played the piano? Too scared to go in and meet you? You did? Mm-hmm. But now, come here, I'll show you. Oh, no, you don't. Young lady, do you want to live in that cottage down there? Yes, sir. You want to marry me this June? Yes, sir. All right, then. You going to kiss me?
3: Yes, Nick. Oh, Paula.
1: <gasps> Cold. Death.
4: Nick. Yeah? I told you not to go away again. Now, come back.
1: Yeah.
4: That's right. Yes, that's fine. Nothing to be afraid of, nothing to worry about, just. Come back. That's right.
5: Nick. Dad. I...
4: Nick, don't stop. Don't turn away now. Not when you've come so close to me. Nick! Nick! Don't go away again. Not again, Nick. Doctor.
2: Yes? See if you can rouse him. I'll try.
4: Oh, Nick. Now you'll have to start all over again.
2: Mr. Page, come out of it. There's no use. Are you sure? Quite sure. Nick, can you understand me? We'll have to leave. Wait, Doctor, wait. Nick, we've got to get out of here. I I can't carry Paul on you, too. You've got to snap out of here. Uh, I'll come back for you if the house... uh, if I can. Are you coming? All right.
4: All right. Don't stay there, Nick. Come back,
5: here. Maybe. Maybe I. What? Stop that now! Please. Stop that! You want to come back?
4: You don't. I... I. I. There's nothing to worry about here. Come back again. I. I. Oh, Nick! Why didn't you come back? Oh, well, it's too close. Drown if I Dad
2: Dad Why it's too late. Oh God. Gotta get out of
4: here. Gotta get out.
2: Is ground. Mr. Prage. What? Are you all right? Wet. Cold. That's all. Well, you, you better get inside. Inside? It's cottage up against the cliff. Behind the seawall. Come on. There's water in the house. I had to swim. What happened to me? Some kind of dreams. In here. The wife's in the other room. She's... I know. I know. You want to see her? No. No, I couldn't. Well, you'd better get those wet clothes off kissed her. Then those dreams are its so real. There was a voice. Somebody's voice. She called me and I'd go and then Paula would call me and I'd stop to see what she wanted and that voice kept kept saying come back. Heard it before. It was almost right up to her and then Dad called me and I was drowning. Had to save myself. She sounded so nice. She said, "Warm, safe." Mr. Page. What? I think I understand. This is real. Here now, and you must hang on to it, like it or not. What? That other world is only in your mind. You live inside your mind, like crawling into a hole, pulling the hole in after you. But uh, why? Why would I? Well, the but... small chance I had to observe your relations with your wife, my guess is the kind of life you had, you couldn't stand. You thought you were stuck with it. With Paula? It was perfect. That's how it starts. Blinding yourself to the truth. Paula was always perfect. In your dream world, she is. But that isn't your wife. That's the woman you always wanted her to be. The way I wanted her. Every time I kissed her, she was... Of course. There's always something like that. That's what your mind did to punish itself. Punish itself. For what? Well, let's talk about that later. For what? For wanting her dead. You're crazy. You're crazy. Why'd you convince yourself she was dying? She was. No. Neurotic, that's all. Davis put you on the case. That's my specialty. Nervous, mental cases. Crazy old fool. She's dead, isn't she? Dead? She's healthier than I am. She's alive? Of course. She's asleep in the other room. That's what you told me before. And when I kissed her... I gave her a hypo this morning. It's a wonder she stayed awake as long as... Just a minute. Gotta see. Paula! Breathe. Wake up, darling. (laughs) I thought you were dead. I thought you were dead.
3: What place is this?
2: It doesn't matter. Let me. Him... Be careful, Mr. Page. Go away, doctor. When you kiss her, it's quite plain how she feels. Shut up.
3: What's he talking?
2: Forget him, darling. Let me tell you how much.
3: Now I... let me sleep, will you?
2: I understand. Later.
3: Yes, later.
2: Of later. course, darling. Close your eyes and
3: all right, kiss me.
2: Sleep tight, darling. <sighs> oh.
1: Cold. Nick, yeah. come back, dear. All the way. Yeah. That's right. Come on, dear.
5: Mr. Page. Don't stop,
2: Nick. No. I'm coming. All the way this time.
5: Mr. Page. Good.
4: That's a good boy. Come here to me. I... I know who... Of course you know me. Yes. Yes, I do. There. I knew you'd come back. That's my good little boy. Are you tired, Nick? Uh Uh-huh. Here, I'll hold you right next to my heart. There. Now, sleep.
3: Yes, Mommy.
4: I'm going to sleep here.
3: All my life.
2: Another strange story of men and women that only can be called High Adventure. Thank you, new member, and we'll place your story in the archives of the High Adventure Society and mark it whole for future publication. And at next week's meeting, friends and members, we're going to the big city for our story of action and suspense with Juniper Bush, which concerns itself with a man who lay unnoticed for 39 hours, 10 feet from civilization. His life dependent upon a single blade of grass. It's Juniper Bush, next week on High Adventure. Featured in the High Adventure role of Nick was Lawson Zerby, with Gene Tatum, Don Douglas, Joe Helgeson, and Abby Lewis. Broadcast engineer was Dick Quotamine, and the High Adventure orchestra was conducted by Emerson Buckley. Remember, next week, Mutual presents Juniper Bush, a big city story of High Adventure. This is the mutual broadcasting system.
6: Theater five presents the imposters. The imposters.
7: Thank you to the Cromwell place, please.
5: The, uh, Cromwell estate? You got that right, miss?
7: Well, I received this letter of instructions from the butler, Mr. Victor Hammersmith.
5: I've accepted a job as Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell's housekeeper. Well, I guess it'll be okay then, but let me warn you that Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell are a couple of spooks. What do you mean? If they want anything, they telephone, it gets delivered. But only to the gate, no further. No one's allowed in, no one ever comes out.
7: Well,. How about the butler on his day off? Doesn't he come to town?
5: Ah, they don't keep a car, it's a long walk to town, so I never see him. It... I thought it was clearing, but from the direction of that lighting, it looks like we're in for more of the same. Well, maybe we can get there before it breaks. Uh-huh.
6: Set your bag down there. And now, uh, turn around. Turn
7: around? Are you Mr. Hammerstein?
6: Yes, yes, yes. Now turn around, I see.
7: Well, you mean like this? Uh,
6: the agency said you were five feet four exactly. I am. Turn around again. Face me. Face me, I said. Yeah. Yes, yes,
7: yes, yes. Listen... It was five hours on that train, and I'm tired. Would you mind telling me where my quarters are?
6: Forgive me, Angela. I've been so anxious to see you, to find out if you measured up to what they led me to expect, and you are perfect. Here, here. Let me help you with the raincoat. Well, that's better. I'll fix a nice supper for us. You must be hungry after the train. Matter
7: of fact, I am. Good,
6: and uh, drink first, hmm?
7: Why, thank you, Mr. Hammersmith.
6: Victor, my name's Victor. Sit down. I've been preparing for your arrival, and I'm very anxious to know you.
7: Hmm. Well, when you mentioned supper, I expected a few cold cuts, but this was fit for a queen. Thank you, Victor. I'm
6: very glad that you can truly appreciate good food and excellent wine. Uh, You remember that was another of my requirements.
7: Yes, my height, my education, my taste, my ambitions. You were the one who made all those requirements? Uh,
6: Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell had only two conditions. That you have good experience in service, which uh, you do have. And that you're prepared not to make any personal contacts outside the walls of this estate. You agreed to that in your notarized statement.
7: I sure did. Look at the salary I get in addition to room and board.
6: So, uh, you were accepted for the money.
7: $600 a month is good pay. Why are you content to stay cooped up behind these
1: walls?
6: For the same reason you just gave me money. I see the possibilities of becoming a very rich man.
1: Here?
7: As a butler?
6: We'll have a great deal more to talk about after we know each other better. Good night, my dear.
7: All right, Victor. Good night.
1: Uh,
7: yes, Angela. Tea is served in the drawing room, ma'am. Oh, thank you. Well, Mr. Crom will Mister Cromwell be joining me? He's already there, ma'am. Good. Walk along with me, Angela. Oh yes, ma'am. I wish to compliment you on the fine service you've given us these past few weeks. Why, thank you, ma'am. I imagine sometimes you find it very lonely here. Oh, well, not too lonely. Oh, Victor, eh? He's good company. (laughs) Oh, I'm relieved to hear that. We've had several other housekeepers. Victor disapproved of all of them. Here we are. Charles, I've been telling Angela how pleased we are with her.
5: Well, that's a coincidence. I already informed her that because she's worked out so well, we're increasing her salary $25 a month. Uh, Sit down, my dear. Thank you. That uh, will be all, Angela. Yes, sir. Uh, Close the door after you
7: enter.
5: Yes, ma'am. Agnes, I was upstairs in the attic this morning. I noticed a good deal of moisture along the beams. I'm afraid we're going to need a new roof over the main section. Oh, No, not more repairs. Well, you know what that means, the workmen, the danger. Why don't we get rid of this place? And have to arrange all the financial details of such a move? Have to come face to face with the attorneys? (laughs) With the others who will become involved? Oh, you're right, as usual. Very well,
7: telephone for the carpenters. I'll start signing whatever must be signed.
5: Go on. I thought you'd see the necessity.
1: Oh, Victor.
7: I never thought I could feel this way about anyone. I love you, Victor.
6: So uh, now you have two loves, hmm?
7: Two? No, just you. No, 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 no.
6: Two. Me and money. Or am I wrong?
7: You are right, my dear. Oh, to have both, I would want nothing more.
6: You can have both. We can get married and we can be rich.
7: Oh, Victor, you don't have to hand me a line. Oh, it's
6: true, Angela, it's
7: true. What are you talking about?
6: I've got it all worked out down to the finest details. It's absolutely foolproof. It just depends now on you.
7: Well, if that means marrying you, my darling, I will agree to anything.
6: Anything, Angela?
7: Anything? Would you agree to, uh, murder? Uh, Did you say murder?
6: How would you like to be mistress of this place, to own the fortune that belongs to her?
7: Victor, how could we ever do that?
6: By following my plan. It's a perfect setup, Angela. When Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell are both dead, you and I will have everything within the walls of this estate and all the money sitting in that bank in town.
7: But won't they be missed? Won't the police come searching?
6: Not if we make no mistakes. You see, Angela, you and I will become Mr. and Mrs. Charles
7: Cromwell. What do you mean?
6: Well, can't you see the resemblance between Mr. Cromwell and me? Well, yes. And you resemble Mrs. Cromwell. I made very sure before I hired you, you remember?
7: Yes, I do. But suppose other members of the family show up. Suppose there are doubts about it. I've
6: checked very carefully. There was a brother, but he died last year. He left his money to the Cromwells. But now there are no relatives. I'm a very skillful forger. I can sign his name so that even he can't tell the difference. I tested him once. I'll teach you how to forge her signature. You see, all transactions with their attorney, with their bank, all their contacts with the world outside these walls are made through the mail.
7: Well, that sounds perfect.
6: Yeah, but it gets better. No one is certain anymore of exactly what they look like. The fools have built their own little world within this estate only as it's going to turn out, my dearest Angela. They built it. For us. Mm -hmm.
1: That's
6: perfect. You've acquired speed and facility. The lines no longer appear studied or uncertain. Perfect forgery. Now, when did your father die?
7: Around July or August 1948. Bless his soul.
6: Oh, that's very good. That's one of her phrases.
7: Well, then. When, Victor? When? I've, I've learned everything. I can write exactly as she can. I can move like her. I can talk like her. And you are perfect as Mr. Cromwell. And it's been two months, so... When? When?
6: You're right. Yes, it is time. Very well. I'll... I'll... I'll say you're indisposed. You can stay in your room, touch a virus. I'll serve them dinner. Roast capon with wild rice, a robust red burgundy, and arsenic.
7: Tonight?
1: Tonight. Tonight.
6: Angela, dear.
1: Yes,
6: Victor? You can come downstairs now. They're dead? And buried. In the center of the plum orchard, I covered the area with sod. The ground hardly looks disturbed. Oh, Victor. We're rich, Angela, and this place is ours. And we can have everything we want now. Come on, Angela, we'll dine in the dining room and toast the future. <laughs> It'd just been to the mailbox outside the gate.
7: Well, did it come?
6: The bank accepted our signatures as I knew they would. Look, oh. Angela. Our first withdrawal $5,000 in cash.
7: Oh, my. Oh, just the feeling of money. The glorious, green, luxurious feel of so much money. Mm hmm. It even smells rich.
6: (laughs) Now think of it, dear. There's two million dollars more where that came from.
7: I've thought of nothing else for weeks. What can we buy? I want to spend and spend and spend.
6: Well, have some dresses sent here on approval. Perfume, jewelry. Oh, here, here. Here's the rest of the mail. All right.
7: Uh, A
6: stack of catalogs. Look through them and order whatever you want. I'll be down by the pool if you'd like to join
7: me. Oh, Victor, what's this?
6: That envelope, uh... Where'd you get that?
7: Well, it was stuck in the fold of this pamphlet.
6: I must have overlooked it. Let me see. Huh. Addressed to a Mr. Frederick Mason. The mailman must have dropped it into our box by mistake.
7: Oh, no. It says in care of Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell.
6: So it does. Return address, Zurich, Switzerland. Hmm.
7: Open it. Yeah.
6: And we can burn it, whoever sent it to think it was lost. Well, what does it say? Dear Father, you shouldn't have paid the entire four years' tuition to the university here. I tried to tell you when I last saw you years ago that I had serious doubts about my ability to earn a degree. Now I've quit and they refuse to return any of that money. I have enough, however, for a flight back to the States. I'll see you soon to ask your forgiveness... Paul.
7: Who are these people?
6: I have the vaguest notion.
7: But he says he's coming here to see his father. I know, I know. Could you have slipped up somewhere? No,
6: not anywhere. But I don't understand this at all.
7: Well, we've got to do something. I mean, if he's coming here.
6: He is not. Some fool has made a mistake, that's all. I won't let anyone
1: pass that gate. (laughs)
6: Who is it? Who's out there at the gate? Father? Is that you? Hey, please. Take that flashlight off my face. I can't see. I am not your father. No one lives here but my wife and myself. Oh, Mr. Cromwell, I didn't recognize your voice. I'm sorry to disturb you. Who are you? Paul Mason. If you'll just tell my father that I'm here. I don't know you or your father. But you must... I'm Frederick Mason's son. You know, the butler. The, the butler? Well, it's been a long time since I visited Dad, and I guess I have grown. I I have no butler here. You haven't? Well, when did Father leave? Wh- well, it must have been very recently. If you'll just give me his forwarding address. Young man, I never even heard of your Father? father. What? Now, if you'll just get back into your taxi... Well, just a minute, and... Mr. Cromwell.
2: Well, you're making a mistake, Oh, Sir? no,
6: my young friend. You're the one who's making a mistake. Now, get out of here and stop bothering me. Here
7: comes a car, Victor.
6: Yes, I see it. It's the police. Oh. And that young man from last night is with him. Stay right there, Paul, while I talk to them. Yes, sir. Mr. Cromwell. What do you want? Uh, Just some information. What kind of information? I'm looking for Frederick Mason. Uh, He was your butler. That's what that young man claimed last night, but I assure you, Lieutenant, I don't know what he's talking about. Oh, that's very peculiar. (laughs) Why do you say that? this uh, letter that Paul Mason gave me, it was mailed from right here only two weeks ago. You're certain? Take a look at the envelope. Ah, Yes, I see. But uh, this envelope doesn't indicate that it was sent from our mailbox out by the road. Oh, I know. So I checked with a mailman who has this route. He doesn't handle many letters sent to Switzerland, so he couldn't help noticing them. He told me that every two weeks for years, he's picked one up from your mailbox. Well, then someone else was using that box. I don't know any Frederick Mason. He could have worked for you under an assumed name. I doubt that very much. Oh, it's possible, isn't it? Oh, uh, here, Mr. Cromwell, Paul gave me this snapshot of his father. It isn't a very clear picture, but maybe you can recognize him. Here, take a look. Hmm.
7: I'd like to see it, too, if I'm...
6: <gasps> oh, what is it, Mrs. Cromwell? You recognize him?
7: No, of course I don't.
6: Obviously, this is uh, upsetting Mrs. Cromwell. I I must ask you to leave. You don't know the man in the snapshot? No, I do not. Now, will you please go? All right, I'll have another talk with Paul Mason. Sorry for disturbing you. Goodbye, Mr. Cromwell. Bye, Lieutenant.
7: Victor. Shh. You saw that snapshot. Didn't you recognize that man?
6: Yes. We knew him as Mr. Cromwell.
7: He's the one I killed. But he was the young man's father.
6: I'm afraid he was.
7: You've made a terrible
6: mistake. I only know that for years they lived here as if they owned this
7: place. But then they must have been impersonating the Cromwells, just as we've been doing. That would account for the isolation and the secrecy. Shut up. Why doesn't that cop pull out
6: of here?
7: He's talking to the young man, and I don't like it. It'll
6: be all right, just don't
7: panic. Smile. Smile, I said. That's it. If we pretend
6: nothing's wrong...
7: They are both coming over
6: here. Mr. Cromwell... I thought you were through bothering us, Lieutenant. Paul just told me that he couldn't see you in the dark last night, and he hasn't been able to get a good look today, but... He's not interested in me. He's trying to find his father, isn't he? Uh, Paul, uh, what do you say now? I... I still can't be sure. Mr. Cromwell, would you uh, please take off those dark glasses? Why should I? You've imposed on me enough. Now, will you get out of here? Well, I recall that Mr. Cromwell was taller and... Well, and he had less hair than this what man. What kind of nonsense is this? When I was about 15 years old and my father was the butler, I visited here.
5: I... I can remember Mr. and Mrs.
6: Cromwell very clearly. Yes. You are not Mr. Cromwell. He's lying, Lieutenant. And her... I've never seen her before in my life.
7: Oh, this is absolutely ridiculous. We could prove who we are. Victor, go up and get shut the papers. Oh, up,
6: shut. Up. Victor? Is that your name, Victor? B- oh, of course not. She's upset. Exactly. Isn't? She's upset. And she didn't take time to think.
7: No, I. What's your
6: I... last name, Victor? My name is Cromwell. Charles Cromwell. And she calls you Victor? And this young man can't recognize you? And you deny that until two weeks ago, Frederick Mason was sending mail from here? I tell you, we're Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell. Well, maybe you are, but I'm beginning to doubt it very much. Nothing adds up. Come on, I'm taking both of you into town. I intend to find out just exactly who you really are. (laughs) Right, you to Come out of that cell. You're finally letting us go. You're satisfied now that we are Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell? No, I'm taking you over to Judge Slater to be booked for murder. Oh, murder? Oh. Oh, that's ridiculous. Is it? We took up the cement floor in the basement. What? We found the bodies. The cement floor? A man and woman killed by gunshot about four years ago... From dental charts, we've identified them as the real Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell. Lieutenant, you can't book us for the murder of Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell. That's impossible. Is it? You said they were killed about four years ago. Well, four years ago, I was finishing a term in Atlanta for forgery. Yes, I know. We've got your records. But I thought you said that... We also did some digging in the plum orchard. Oh. We found two more bodies, recently killed by arsenic. Paul Mason has identified his father... Those victims were murderers themselves who impersonated the Cromwells. They're the ones you killed. We'll have no trouble proving that.
7: And you figured this for years, you said. No one would ever know. A perfect setup. Well it
6: was, it was. Only someone beat us to it. <laughs> Presented the imposters, written by Peter Fernandez, produced and directed by Warren Somerville. In the cast, Arnold Moss, Leslie Woods, Claudia Morgan, Jeff David, and Ian Martin. Audio engineers, Marty Folia and Neil Pokes. Sound technician, Ed Blaney. Script editor, Jack C. Wilson. Original music by Alexander Blastatsenko. Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Osser. Executive producer for Theater 5, Ted Bell. Has been an ABC Radio Network Production.
0: That's the Relic Radio Show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. You can find more from High Adventure Theater 5 and thousands of other old-time radio episodes at RelicRadio.com. Donate.relicradio.com will take you to our donations page if you'd like to help support this and all of the shows. Thank you as always to those who have. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back tomorrow with case closed and next Tuesday with another episode of the Relic Radio Show.